Welcome to Spark Creators, a podcast that empowers kids to learn, create, and become. This podcast invites creators and entrepreneurs from all over to share their stories and ideas. We believe every kid is creative. It's just a matter of taking that first step and starting now. We hope this podcast can inspire you to create something that makes a difference in the world. If you want to stay inspired, remember to subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Or visit us at peachandplumlab.com slash podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spark Creators. I'm your host, Lee Zen. Today, we are very excited to invite Tila Cunningham, who is a graphic designer and hand lettering artist and made her kingdom every Tuesday online. And I'm very excited to talk to her. Tila grew up in upstate New York, studied in uh, SCAD in Savannah, Georgia, and she completed her Bachelor of Fine Art degree in uh, graphic design back in 2008. She worked as a graphic designer at a startup children's gaming company, a boutique home furnishing business, and a studio design studio in Atlanta, Georgia. So while she was in the studio, she had uh, the pleasure of working with many large projects like Coca-Cola, Visa, and the Winter and Summer Olympic Games, and many wonderful small businesses. So she started a YouTube channel back in January of 2014 and shared a lot of her knowledge on design softwares and hand lettering. The kind of responses she got was um, well, very overwhelming. So she started doing more like frequent tutorials. From there, she began teaching online courses. Tila's husband, Spencer, is a self-taught web developer and is also the driving force behind the beautiful web design they had um, and the development of Every Tuesday. In 2015, they decided to pursue Every Tuesday full-time together and haven't given up since. So, uh, in December 2018, they welcomed their newest member of their family, the daughter Tuesday, and they also have a lovely dog, uh, Nuna Petunia. Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. <laughs> yeah, Nuna Petunia, um, who has been lived with Tila since March of 2009. Hello, Tila. I'm so excited, <laughs> excited to have you here. So, uh, besides maybe what I have already introduced, do you have anything else you wanted to add as a designer, entrepreneur, or even just talk a little bit about your business every Tuesday? Sure. So every Tuesday comes from me creating a brand new tutorial and releasing it on YouTube every single week. So that was a way of holding myself accountable because I really wanted to give my viewers and my readers and my subscribers a reason to return and see me every week. And it held myself accountable to stay consistent. So that's where every Tuesday um, comes from. I just started doing that to keep myself consistent. And my day job was not the most pleasant um, situation at the time. So it gave me a reason to get really excited about design again and give back to this design community that I feel um, I've gotten so much from. So that's really where the concept and where it's all come from. And now here we are like six years later and a lot of Tuesdays later and it's still going. So I'm really proud of that. 
Got it. And it was every Tuesday that you publish an episodes for your. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I was like, it's a very interesting name. Yeah. And then yeah.、Um, now you got your girl whose name is Tuesday. Yeah,、yes. yeah. So Tuesdays really transformed our lives because just that consistency of posting a new video every Tuesday. Tuesdays became really, really significant to us. And then when we were expecting,、um, we said, we, you know what? Our daughter is going to transform our lives even more.、Um, so it was kind of an ode to her. Definitely. It's a lovely,、yeah. you know, like、um, meaningful name for you guys. So that's why I think. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, and in the beginning, I was like, maybe it was the opposite. <laughs> you had a daughter every t- <laughs> like Tuesday first, and、right. then you called your website, you know, your business every Tuesday. But it was the other way. Yeah. Which is、yeah. fascinating to hear. You know, you have been in business for six years. Yeah. T-、uh, tell us a little more about your family. And、uh, your husband also works for Every Tuesday full time now. And、yep. his background was in design as well, but then he now is a web developer supporting、yeah. you and your business. Yeah. Yeah. So he went to school for graphic design as well. So we both met at the design studio in Atlanta as graphic designers, co workers. So that's how we met. And then once I started、um, the blog and creating new tutorials every week, he was teaching himself how to code because it was always a passion of his that he never fully pursued. So it kind of opened up some time for him to teach himself how to code and he fell in love with it. And he went.、Wow. All in.、Um, so I'm really lucky because he's a designer, so he can talk and speak the same language with design, and then he can interpret those designs straight to the web. So we can have some really beautiful things on our website because of that. Yeah. You know, in Silicon Valley, where here we call like the type of designer or developer like Spencer, we call it Unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like very, very rare to have, you know, that you use both brains and you、totally. have an aesthetic eye, and at the same time, you can make things happen. And yeah, that's like amazing that you every Tuesday have this kind of assets, you know? Yeah, yeah. so, so, so lucky. Definitely, definitely. One question I always ask、um, our guests, like, especially who comes over, you know, like, what drives you and g e t you out of bed every day, like, to do something amazing and also create, you know, like, keep adding、um, amazing content to every Tuesday? Yeah, so art has always been something I've been really passionate about. When I was growing up, I would always, for every holiday or birthday, I would always ask my parents, just get me an art kit, any kind of art kit, because that was where my passion was from a really early age. And once I started creating my own aesthetic and posting tutorials online, the feedback that I was getting from the creative community was just overwhelming.、Um, it was just so kind and So fulfilling. I was getting more fulfilled by people online that I have never met, that I probably will never meet,、um, than I was getting in my day to day job with people I interacted with in person every day. So that is really what initially drove me. And now I can't even imagine not doing it because it's the most fulfilling thing that I've ever done. So that is my reason for getting up every morning is to serve、um, my audience and provide as much education and everything that I learned because I paid a lot for what I learned.、Um, And nowadays, if you can be a designer and have a great job, you don't need a formal degree at all. You just need a beautiful portfolio. So, if I can enable other people to avoid the student debt that I was once overwhelmed by,、um, that I, I feel it's my duty to do my part and to help others. I, I want to be the person that I wish I had when I was、um, just starting out.
Definitely, especially with all the positive feedbacks, you know, like For comments sure. people give you, like it feels very oh, fulfilling yeah. <laughs> to serve them. Yeah, and nowadays too, it's a completely different, you know, age for people to learn and doing just any self learning skills. You know, like like Spencer, he can learn probably on the side just to become a web developer,、mm-hmm. like on his own. And you wish that this can be cap, you know, like possible for a lot of people who love design and graphics and lettering, right? So、yeah. they can. Do the same without having a you know formal degree that yeah costs them a yeah, lot. Yeah, a lot of、um, I've noticed a lot of people think that you need a degree, you need this fancy resume to get a great design job, and it's just not true because、mm-hmm. you're being hired for the type of work you can produce. So if you can prove that you can create this type of work in a portfolio, that's really all you need to prove yourself and to get a really nice paying job、um, as a、yeah. designer. So it's very、Definitely. very possible. Yeah, and a lot of people in the industry actually will tell、uh, you the same thing. Like portfolio is important, and work experience matters way more than your degree. You yes, know? like the the level of project you can do, and how you can collaborate and make contribution. Yeah, like in real、uh, projects. Yeah, definitely. Yep. So you said that when you were young, like you already loved. Art and is that a dream of yours to get into like the art or design profession? Um, when, since you were young, like, what kind of child were you back then? <laughs> oh man, I was getting into and like I would go to the craft store with my mom and I would want to just stay there the whole day because there were too many aisles, too many things for me to look at. I was ready to experiment with any type of medium because it was just it was like candy for a kid for me to just walk into a craft store. That was all I needed to s- sustain my long term happiness. So whenever I got my hands on anything, it was just hours and hours of of playtime for me. And I I I still feel that way today when I get new art supplies in the mail or I walk into a craft store. I still get really excited in a way that I don't get excited about anything else. So it's that deep rooted passion that has never gone away for me. Yeah. So it is this gifted talent about creativity and knowing that create being creative is something that you know like please you、um, on the daily life. So that yeah, in the end, definitely this becomes your profession. You know, like you want to、yeah. do it every day.、Uh-huh. Um, but I think in the creative fields, you can find many many different areas, right? Like art, sculpture, like、mm-hmm. photography, a lot of things. Yeah. How did you find graphic design or hand lettering as like your strength? And how do you decide to stay in this field?、Um, so one of those craft kits that my parents got me when I was younger was a calligraphy kit, and they、oh. were the tips of markers that were different shapes. So I would experiment with that, and I remember. In elementary school, when we would get awards, there was a woman that would calligraph people's names on those awards, and I would stare at the awards and try and dissect them all and try and figure out how she did it. So when my parents got me this like beginner's calligraphy set, I I used that until the markers ran dry.、Um, wow! So I knew like that was already a passion of mine, and my mom、um, was a high school English teacher. And I would always look at the names of the people in her grade book, and I would just write out their names over and over again, so I could practice different lettering styles. And I, you know, like lettering wasn't even really a thing back then, but I just loved different types of handwriting. So I would practice for hours, just writing names, just random、wow. names that I didn't even know. So I knew that that was going to be a part of my life moving forward. And in high school.、Um, 
my high school offered an elective class of just like an introduction to graphic design where we played around in Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator. And I really, really enjoyed that. So I knew that that was a direction that I wanted to pursue further. And I was really fortunate because I started my um, edu- my formal education as a graphic designer at a community college. And the community college I went to had a really strong graphic design program. So I went there. Um, I'm one of four kids. So my parents were like, you either need to do community college or you need to do the military. So it was really great that I, I was able to go to this community college because it was low price, um, low barrier of entry for me to try out this field that I was interested in. And I just totally fell in love with it. And then I transferred to SCAD um, to finish my degree from there. So once I started, I knew right away, like, this is it. And plus, once I learned I could integrate my own handwriting and hand lettering into my designs, I was like, it's the perfect, perfect combination for me. I couldn't really imagine not, not continuing with it for the rest of my life because I was so happy. It's great to see how you have pursued your passion, you know, since like that early and you know this is something that you wanted to do. Yeah, from what I heard is like besides that drive and passion, you know, like you had within you and your parents is a great support buying these kids and also yeah. finding what you are interested in discovering. Like maybe she love would love this, you know, like that kind of um, support I think is just amazing. And yeah. another thing I think a lot of people probably can take away is just keep uh, looking for ways to improve yourself and uh, find education like you know even online tutorials like what every Tuesday is doing Mm -hmm. Uh, so just keep learning and keep improving your own skills and this can get you you know to a better place for sure definitely and in terms of great uh, getting like into the YouTube field uh, Mm -hmm. it was back I think early 2000s right for you Mm -hmm. like and what kind of growth process have you gone through like why like first how did you decide oh I think I'm gonna do YouTube rather than other kind of platform and yeah and what kind of change have you seen like six years later um, the reason I got into YouTube, which is kind of funny because I consider myself a pretty big introvert. So the fact that I have a YouTube channel now is kind of funny to me. Um, but when I was at the design studio in Atlanta, uh, I had a few coworkers that would ask me how to do things in the design programs because I was creating art and they would say, oh, that's really cool. How did you do that? So then I would explain how I did it. And then they would come back later and ask me again. And finally, one of my coworkers said, you know what, you just need to make a video so I don't have to keep asking you how to do this. And I told my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, about this, and he really wanted to encourage me to do it because I never would have just taken the initiative to do it on my own because it was so scary for me. And that Christmas, he bought me my first USB mic. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I have to do it now because he already made an investment into me pursuing this. So I was like, you know what, I'll put up a few tutorials and we'll see what happens. I'm not going to get too excited about this. So I put up a few tutorials and the comments, the kind comments just kept coming in and it really motivated me to continue doing it because I was getting such wonderful feedback that I wasn't feeling at my day job. So it was the happiness that I was really searching for in my career. So I just kept posting and the rest is history because I, at first I was like, I'll do like every other Tuesday to see, and I'll do like a blog post in between on the other Tuesdays. And then it really started taking off. So I was like, all right, I have to switch to a video every week now. And that's when my YouTube channel really started growing is that consistency of week by week. And 
I really started focusing on Adobe Illustrator tutorials because that was my specialty. And I realized that um, even though there was a wealth of knowledge about Illustrator Online, it was maybe a little more difficult to hear from a designer that was in the field teaching you how to create a specific outcome for each video and keeping it like 15 minutes or less. So I felt like I, I accidentally found a little bit of a niche on YouTube and I kept doing that and that really grew my following. Um, and now, now I'm into iPad art. Um, which has really transformed the way that I work. And I've, I've seen a lot of great feedback from that as well. So I'm really excited that I can dive into either a desktop application or an iPad application and still fulfill the needs of um, my audience. Definitely. You know, when I looked at your video, um, I think the most important thing is like how clear that you're delivering your content. Um, like you are really, really good at what you do. So uh, it is the content. It is the way how you demonstrate that matters so much. You know, in the beginning, you let your face show up a little bit. And I think that adds such a personal connection to people. And a lot of YouTubers, you know, try to always just talk in front of the camera forever. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not, you know, the right like right way especially for this kind of skill based you know like um yeah right. like you have a media to attach to so i i think for you like even though you say you are a little introvert but i think your content definitely um, brought you in and let your skill shine in front of people and i think that's what most people are looking for anyways right like yeah thank you yeah. for saying that yeah i it was kind of um another advantage of not needing to put my face on screen because that made me even more nervous so the fact that i could just make it all about the work and that that was okay that you could just see my hands making something and that still resonated with people without any other distractions it really worked to my advantage because there was yeah. a long time where I didn't feel comfortable showing myself now I'm much more comfortable but just starting out it was it's really nice so anyone that's an introvert out there that's thinking about doing this I just want to say like it's totally possible um, I never would have expected to have a YouTube channel at this point in my life so yeah it, it's so achievable these days I think probably a lot of people who are following you wish they can see a little more of your face <laughs> You know, so uh, in the beginning they get familiar with yourself, right, you know, right. like your the way how you teach, and then later they're like, oh, I finally see who you are, and then now like, can you show us a little more about you know like your personality and more? Right. I think people are looking for that um, as long you know as uh, they started building this kind of connection with you for sure. Right, yeah. Right. So now let's talk a little bit about the you know creative process you go through. Um, what kind of process you have when it comes to designing, like say a new typeface and hand lettering? How do you come up with so many like ideas? You know, like of sharing um, and especially like creating. Like when you have an idea about certain style, like mm -hmm. wh what do you have to go through? Yeah, so I just expose myself to a lot of art, whether it's online or in books or in real life, walking to different stores, noticing packaging on the shelves at the grocery stores, just exposing yourself to a lot of different art. And as I see things that just resonate with me or that I'm attracted to, I kind of make mental notes or I'll snap a picture and then I can come back to it later and think about what kind of personal twist can I make to this style that's really inspiring me. And 
I will sit on the couch at night with my iPad and I will just draw and draw and draw. And it's awesome with Procreate now because I can experiment with so many different brushes to really nail down the style and the feel that I'm going for. So I will just honestly sit there and just draw letters over and over and over again until I find a style that feels right and then I just pursue it from there. So it's a lot of just exposing myself and experimenting until I get exactly what I'm looking for. Definitely. So two very important thing, I guess, for a lot of creators out there, right? Exposing yourself to all types of art, basically find inspiration, right? Like mm -hmm. when you see something new, like you may have a new idea about how to build a new typeface or just do something completely new. And the other thing is definitely take action to do the stuff. Yeah, draw, yes. keep um, doodling and keep uh, working on it. And it's the same thing for, I think, for any other type of um, um, design even designing a logo you have to keep you know like sketching out different ideas mm -hmm. yeah it's all tweaking yeah it never comes down to like one piece for sure perfect you know like it's never gonna be like that yeah and your hand is learning a lot when you're practicing too and it makes it that much quicker and easier and more fun later on the more you experiment you're you're building that muscle memory in your hand where it becomes familiar all these different types of strokes so you can really improve your hand lettering skills just by drawing letters over and over again and i i think it's amazing to see how many you know how many letterings that you have done and they're all like really really beautiful including the one that i see in the background oh, thank you they weren't <laughs> always beautiful <laughs> definitely i think it's a great um, combination that you can mix lettering with texture you know with a lot oh, of yeah. yeah the other thing elements yeah not mm -hmm. just simply um like hand lettering yeah. yeah with graphic design there's so many elements they're just computer generated and hard edges that when you bring in something organic like hand lettering it can really humanize whatever you're creating and appeal to a wider audience because it feels you can create that connection that special connection that you maybe wouldn't have otherwise been able to do with how sterile some design can feel or minimal um, with just being computer generated so I really love that we can do that with art these days and for those listeners who might not know what I'm talking about, if you go to, you know, visit uh, everytuesday.com. Every it's every hyphen Tuesday. Hyphen Tuesday.com. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And you can see Tila's hand drawing and actually appear in every corner of her own <laughs> yeah. website too, which I, I think it's an amazing combination, you know, on the digital kind of um, worlds where you have add, adding this kind of hand hands made, with, mm -hmm. you know, elements into the digital um presentation which is pretty cool so definitely for those who haven't checked it out and go to her website on um, everyheaventuesday.com yeah so i think one thing that is great about uh like doing tutorial or just being a teacher you know teaching people about those things is that you can always keep learning new skills and then keep teaching them you know the new things that you right. learned yeah that's why i think you said earlier you started with illustrator and later you moved on to ipad because you dived into this new fields that you learned about ipad and ipad pencil and then now you wanted to teach people yep. so how did you find creating like um on ipad pencil and ipad different from on the computer and I also saw, you know, your backgrounds, which is all the settings of the camera and uh, maybe the studio, how you record everything. Can you tell us how you actually capture the perfect image of uh, when you are doing the um, iPad demonstration? 
Sure. So the transition was actually pretty easy for me to go from desktop to iPad because being a graphic designer, having, gosh, like 10 years of experience just designing on a computer before moving on to the iPad, I was already familiar, even though Illustrator was my specialty, I'm I still use Photoshop every day, so I'm super familiar with Photoshop. And the program that, that I'm using on the iPad called Procreate is very similar to Photoshop. So I felt like I already had a lot of knowledge that I could offer once I understood how the program was similar to Photoshop. So right away, I was able to teach a lot of things um, to, to people who weren't familiar with Photoshop or Procreate. So that was really awesome for me to transition that way. And especially with having a daughter now, a, a little one running around, um, it made it easier to kind of watch her as she played by herself during the day and just sit on the couch and be there where I could also experiment at the same time where I couldn't do that was really even in a laptop, but definitely not a desktop. So it made it a lot easier for me to continue experimenting throughout the day. Um, so that really helped. And then as far as filming goes, uh, I recently, this is actually, I'm sitting in my master bedroom right now that we converted into my studio space because I just needed more room to record. I needed a desk for my my desktop and my recording for on-screen recording. And then I also needed a desk for my craft desk where I could record myself creating tutorials on the iPad or creating craft tutorials. And I do a lot of watercolors, so I needed a desk that was separate for that. So this really enabled us um, to accommodate both of those areas that I like to to teach with. So the craft desk that I use, I just have a camera that's pointing straight down and then an overhead mic. So then I can just lay it flat. So you're seeing an overhead view basically every single time. So you can see everything really, really well. And then I can just talk through it. Some people like doing the entire tutorial and just recording it. And then they do a voiceover for the whole thing. I find um, for me personally, I work a lot better if I'm just explaining things as I go, because it's already fresh in my mind. And I'm thinking about what people might be wondering about as I'm doing certain things. And I, I feel like it's a more natural um, teaching experience and viewing experience uh, when I just talk it through as I'm creating it. So I do both of them at the same time and then just edit the video and then post it online. Definitely. Yeah. I think later maybe I'll follow up with you about some of the equipment and even settings and tools that you have used. I think it sure. could potentially help a lot of people who wanted to get something like this set up. Yeah. I also, um, I do have a blog post that has links to everything I use. Uh-huh. Um, oh. It's my studio tour. So if you were to go to my website and just search studio tour, there's everything listed right there with a video tour of the, the full space as well. Definitely. Yeah, that would be great. So you, you have created many courses as well, besides all these, you know, tutorials and even some right. um, lettering like um, print products and things like that I've actually joined one of your Procreate free classes yeah and it is very comprehensive and I think it's well instructed Um, tell us about the process when you wanted to create a digital course from scratch on every Tuesday and how long would it take what kind of tools do you use and how do you promote it and everything about it 
Sure. So when I am creating a course, first I figure out my topic and I do all project-based courses because I find that that resonates the most with my audience and they seem to appreciate that and learn the most when they're creating artwork right along with me. So I will spend a few weeks just developing all the projects for the course and I'll create an outline which I put all the projects into and every project has specific skills associated with them so I know that there's new skills that they're going to learn and as the course progresses, you're adding on skills that you've already learned from previous projects. So I always want to make a point of creating projects that kind of advance in skill as I go along, especially for my Procreate courses. And after I have all the projects ready, I record all the videos, I edit all the videos, um, and then I I self-host a lot of my courses, so I'll put them online. I use Teachable for that, so I upload them all to Teachable, and then I will create an outline of the course info page or the sales page of the course, if it's um, a, a paid course, and I'll do the outline for that. I'll write all the copy. My husband will take all the imagery and the copy that I've written, and then he will program it all out, so it, it's a really beautiful experience when you're viewing information about the course. So he'll take care of that and then I will write um, the email, informational emails to share with my audience um, with my email list. So I want them to stay very informed. I will create some tutorials, free tutorials that are similar to the content that's in the course so they can get exposed to what they could expect from the course. It's just a more deep dive of similar content. So if they like this content, then the course may be a good fit for them. So an example of that would be, I've got a watercolor lettering course. So I will teach the basics of watercolor lettering. And then if they wanna learn more and different techniques to have different outcomes, then the course is where it would be a natural next step uh, if that's something that they're interested in. So I will send out emails, I'll create free content around it. And then for my followers, I usually offer a discount the first week that it's live. Um, so they can check it out for an even lower price than they would be able to get it out later on. So that's kind of, in a nutshell, start to finish with the course. And I know even though it, it seems like very easy and smooth, you know, but just by talking about it, but I know it it's takes a lot of, a work. Lot of time, yeah, <laughs> yes. a lot of efforts for you to uh, go through this. And, and as I told you, I found your website on Teachable. And for those who don't know, Teachable is like a, like a platform support you to build courses online. And just different from all the other like teachable courses I've seen, like your webpage is amazingly beautiful. <laughs> and so... Oh, thank you. That's all my husband. <laughs> I got to give him credit for that. Yes. So well crafted. I was like, this thank you. looks like teachable, but not really. <laughs> you probably yeah. have put a lot of efforts into building and developing the website oh, yeah. on its own, you know, like to have your own identity and your brand presented there, which is really nice. Yep. Yeah. So you you mentioned that you how you create a course and I, I believe most of your day job probably is still, you know, like in the creating part and building your course and doing stuff. But because it is a business, so I would love to dive into a little more detail about the business aspect. So when you first started, I think you probably worked on it part-time, as you just said, like at night, mm -hmm. and then you publish yep. once a week. And how long did it take you to um, switch to working on it full-time? And what, what do you think is the most difficult part in, in terms of growing a business? 
Um, so I started my, my very first YouTube tutorial went live in January of 2014. I quit my full-time job in September of 2015. So it was a solid like year and a half, little over a year and a half since I created my very first tutorial. I created my first online course in February of 2015. So once I started creating courses, that's when things started taking off because it was the first time that I was actually making good income off of um, off of my teaching. I would make a little bit of ad money off of YouTube, but it was nothing that was going to allow me to quit my full-time job. But teaching um, enabled me to do that for sure. So it was a, a handful of courses and a lot of work on nights and weekends, um, but it was something that I felt like, all right, this is something I could really see myself doing long-term. So I put every waking hour into it. Um, and then when I was able, when I, I saw that the income was enough where I could quit my job. And if I was dedicating all of my time to it, then I would, I would be fine. So I, I waited until I grew enough income on the side. Plus I was creating digital products as well, like textures and fonts and templates. So that also allowed me to feel a little more comfortable because I had a little more diversity in my income streams um, when I took the leap and my husband took the leap with me. We both quit at the same time. So wow. there was a little bit of pressure there. Um, we we actually got married by a judge. We used our wedding savings as our emergency fund when we quit. So that gave us a little extra security too when we took the leap. And I would say like the hardest thing at the beginning was just not knowing how much you were going to make every month because it's so, it varies so much. It's really inconsistent and you have to get comfortable with inconsistent income for a while. But once that inconsistent income is at least covering your costs every month, you just don't know how much more it's going to be beyond that, then it's a lot easier to sleep at night. Um, so that was probably the hardest adjustment for me at the beginning. These days, my hardest adjustment is just balancing being a mom during the day and now I'm like working all nights now. Once she goes to sleep at night, that's when I work. That's when I record. Um, so from the hours of like 7 until 2 a.m., that's when I'm working the most now. And that's been a struggle. And just keeping up with all the social media channels now that exist that didn't when I first started. So there's posting, replying to comments, DMs, messages, and then keeping up with my regular email, creating new email for my email list, um, everything that goes into a weekly tutorial, and then creating courses and offerings support for those courses on top of it. It's it's a lot of work. So it's just trying to find balance and still giving myself healthy breaks and having time for my family on top of all of that too. So the balance is the trickiest part now. Definitely. Interesting. My next question is actually about to ask you about like a typical day at every Tuesday, what would you do? You know, like, and I think you've already given me a general idea of you know, how you balance with family and also um, doing a lot of other things other than just creating right like you have to mm -hmm. update your social media replying emails and also sending out emails promoting and yeah like uh, keep shooting videos and recording and all these things have to be like at your own hands and yeah at some yeah. point i think if you started expanding you probably need to hire people to help you you know afterwards yeah, yeah. So who is your main target audience? And did you know, like, in the beginning, who your perfect customer avatar is? Or did it take time for you to actually collect information and say, oh, this are the group of people, you know, who will be attracted to my course or my content? 
Yeah. So when I first started creating content, I was trying to appeal to either people that were in college or just graduating from college to kind of give them a leg up and give them some extra information that I wish I knew. So it was kind of like the person that was maybe five years younger than me, um, just filling them in, providing them as much information as possible that I wish I had access to myself. So that started off as the demographic that I was shooting for. Um, but over time, it has evolved into college students, people just out of college. And actually, there are quite a few um, stay-at-home moms that are looking to create a passive income stream with their creative skills. So that's where that's why I started teaching font making is to help other creatives build pat their own passive income streams through creating fonts and selling them. Um, and there's a lot of retired retired women that take my courses that are looking for something, um, a, a creative outlet outside of their daily lives being retired. So those are kind of unexpected demographics that I, I'm really excited about, but I, I hadn't thought I hadn't thought of that at the beginning. I would say probably 70 to 80% of my audience is female and then 20 to 30 is male, um, which it's, that's kind of expected for me. I know that my aesthetic is just naturally more feminine. So that makes a lot of sense to me too. Yeah, definitely. And I think in terms of the creative part, in, including hand lettering and everything, a lot of the visual part, you know, like that's why Pinterest too has like a mm -hmm. lot of female user versus yeah, um, male user. So I think it's, yep. it definitely makes sense. Uh -huh. um, what is your vision growing every Tuesday into? What is your future plan? Um, so for now, I just really want to be a creative resource that is um, really affordable and accessible to people that either traditional education is out of reach for them. I want to make sure that it's still within reach for them if they want to create a, or have a career in the arts or design. Um, so I just want to really be a, a reliable source of creative education. So it's just expanding my course offerings to try and cover the different topics that really resonate or that my audience is looking for or looking to learn more about. Um, courses is where my heart is really at these days. I love creating them. I love supporting the students that take them. Uh, so that's really my long-term goal right now is just to expand my course offerings and just keep supporting the creative community with free content and then paid content so I can continue, continue doing this. We mentioned a little bit about uh, like the course platform that you use, like say Teachable, but I think besides being a creative that you use a lot of softwares like Illustrator, Photoshop, Procreate, are there any business tools that you use on a daily basis or that you would recommend people to get their hands on to as well? Um, the main tool that I use is ConvertKit for my email list. Um, it just allows me to communicate with my audience to set up um, automated emails when they join a course. That way they can get some extra information along the way after they take a course. And I mean, I'm sending emails every week. So it, it's just a really easy to use tool for me to keep in contact. So ConvertKit and Teachable are the two main business tools that I use all the time. Yeah, I saw that you have a community. Is, is it called Tuesday Tribe? Yeah, yeah. What do you use to host your community? So that is just um, a free resource page on my website. So it's part of my WordPress website. So once you join, you become part of my email list, which ConvertKit manages. And then um, you can download. I've got over 100 free design 
freebies, um, just brushes and color palettes and templates, all kinds of resources that once you join my email list, you have access to this giant library that I'm adding to every week um, for free. So that part, um, that's just part of my website. And it's you start getting emails from me every week, just letting you know what the newest tutorial is or the newest freebie is. So that's, that's all I use for that. And then I've got um, Facebook groups, private Facebook groups for some of my courses. So that's where, um, where I also have a community of, of people where we can talk about the same topic that we're passionate about and help each other out whenever anyone maybe is stuck or needs a little extra help. So those are the main, main ways that I communicate with my community. And uh, now being a mom, you know what? I'm actually expecting my baby end of June. Oh, <laughs> so, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, you're yeah. pretty far along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, being a mom, like, I think I would love to know uh, what is your hope for Tuesday as well? Like, um, it's a little bit different, as you said, like when you have a kid that uh, your daily life and your business, you know, might have to shift a lot. But um, yeah, what is the, what is your best hope for Tuesday? Um, I just really want her to feel empowered. Like if she wants, it's kind of funny because I think there's a lot of just with the stigma with art and design that many parents may not want their children to go into art as a career, but I wouldn't be, I couldn't be more excited if that's something that she wants to pursue in the future. I kind of want her to be a designer and artist, um, but obviously we'll nurture and support her with whatever she's interested in. But um, I'm just really excited to see what she's passionate about. And my hope is that um, she is interested in art a little bit because I can already imagine us having craft time together. And one thing that I learned being in this field now and having a creative small business is just how important creative solving problem is. So I really want to nurture her creative solving problem skills because whenever you encounter a problem in life, in business, looking at it in different creative ways can really set you apart and distinguish you with whatever field you're pursuing. So that's something um, I've talked to my husband a bunch of times about how I just really want her to be supported and creatively problem solve and hopefully creative is a big part of that. Definitely. And I think with both you and your husband, um, you know, came from this creative field. And I think she's probably naturally gifted with creative minds. And at the same time, you are an entrepreneur, and your husband, you know, has this logical mind about like, mm -hmm. developing, yeah, building uh, things together. And, and I think cultivating that yeah, on the side, you know, problem solving and being creative is definitely uh, probably very natural to her, I think, to your I point. So. Yeah. yeah. And and nowadays, I just think like for a lot of creatives out there, um, their mission or their goal is not just to create anymore, you know, like you have to be business savvy, you have to solve uh, problems creatively as well. So I think uh, having that type of new skill set uh, in this modern days is very, very important. Important. Definitely. So, and you know, um, my mission here actually not just through the podcast yet is actually to inspire parents and kids, you know, to um, who like to create and who wanted to um, do something like uh, with their hands or even with their creative mind, like those creators and 
entrepreneurs and ask them to take action as early as possible so they can be part of the process and learn as much as possible. If they were to wanted to learn something related to design, hand lettering, like you know, like a younger audience, do you have、mm-hmm. uh, any resources to share with them? Or even if they come to every Tuesday, and then do you have any places that were telling them they should get started here instead of into those advanced you know courses that you have developed? Yeah, so for hand lettering, I actually have quite a few free practice sheets, so they could download them and print them out, and then you trace over my my lettering, and then you create it yourself right next to it. So I've got a bunch of free practice sheets for that, and then I have a few craft. Actually, I have a lot of craft、um, YouTube tutorials that are not on the computer at all. So there's a lot of watercolor, especially tutorials and hand lettering tutorials.、Um, I know that there's several.、Um, Art teachers that have emailed me before that use some of my lessons actually in their school environment where they show it and then they will use the project example that I teach and then have the kids replicate it. So there are a bunch of craft style videos on my YouTube channel that you can dig into that are really simple, very kid friendly.、Um, that would be really fun to spend an afternoon. I'm excited to be able to do that with my daughter someday. <laughs> Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, when she grown up and she can hold a pen and yeah, start、exactly. doing stuff. Yeah. All right. My last question is, where can people find you? Yeah. Tell us again. What are some of the、uh, free resources? You know, like people can get on your website and start doing things immediately. Yeah. And in- including some of the social platforms that you mentioned.、Um, where can they go follow you and、uh, sure. just see these amazing things you keep doing every Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. So the website is every-tuesday.com, which you mentioned.、Um, my YouTube channel is just youtube.com slash everytues. So it's like every Tuesday without the day. So just everytues.、Um, and then on Instagram, you can follow me.、Um, it's my handle is everytuesday. So all one word. So that's those are the main places where you can find me where、um, I'm posting very often, and in, and then for my free creative resources, all those downloads that I mentioned, you can find those at TuesdayTribe.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tila. I almost wanted to call you Tuesday <laughs> because <laughs> my yeah, mother-in-law does that all the time now. She gets us mixed up. <laughs> yes, yes.、Yeah. But thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate、thank、it.、You. I was very excited that I can talk to you,、uh, to someone who also came from the creative fields about doing amazing things. I know your content.、Um, not only it is creative itself. Everybody go should go check it out. But your consistency, being an entrepreneur, and、uh, you know, really courageous, like move,、um, doing some passion project, and then now becomes your full time job, and really inspires. You know all the creative people out there, oh, and who、so、yeah, supposed to pursue their passion and dream like this. And so I hope this can inspire a lot of kids and parents and even、oh, educators, yes,、so、yeah, out there who want to do something similar. And、uh, you guys can check the website out and then learn、um, as much as、um, you can from Tila first, and then we can see what you can do later. Yeah, as an entrepreneur. Thank you so much, Tila. Yeah, I really appreciate it, and、uh, we, sh- we shall. Definitely kept in touch. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks for listening to the Spark Creators podcast at PeachandPlumLab dot com. <laughs>